Welcome to episode 21 of Always Listening. We're your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel, and we are Always Listening, and we are in our new studio. Yeah, so something we failed to mention during the last episode, part of what we have done in our hiatus is we created a home studio and a mobile studio. Yeah, absolutely. We got all the gear now. We can record on the go. We can record at my house. We can record when you're at home and I'm at home. Uh, we, we, we're set, we've set ourselves up to create good sound and, and quality recordings no matter where we are. At least in theory. Hopefully it's another fix for when we are apart because other things we've tried haven't really worked out. Yeah, absolutely. So here we go. We're going to try it here. Hopefully it it works well for you and for us tonight. Uh, What are we reviewing tonight, Josh? We're going to be discussing the podcast. You must remember this. First of all, your host is Karina Longworth. You can find the show at you must remember this podcast.com. It's my favorite URL of all time, I think. What was it again? I can't remember. <laughs> you must remember this podcast.com. And, and it, it's very long, but it, it is it is one that is catchy. Like it does fit in your head. It makes perfect sense for the show. The length of this podcast, 30 to 45 minutes generally per episode. And those episodes come out weekly. I put weekish. Weekish. Yeah, obviously. I mean, it's one of those things. It, it can. We talked about this leading up to this review, but the fact of the matter is. This is a, a one-person show. This is a show that is you know, written, produced, edited, etc., all by one person. And any time you have that, it is going to be, I think, very difficult to maintain a perfect uh, production schedule. But also, it's going to take somebody who is dedicated to the point of fanaticism. And I don't envy the task because, in general, I'm not a fan of one-person podcasts. There's really only two that I listen to with any regularity just because that is such a momentous task. But those that you listen to regularly, correct me if I'm wrong, they're among some of your favorite podcasts, oh, yeah. period. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's the deal. It's it's one of those things is when it's done right, it is really maybe the best that podcasting has to offer because it is such an intimate uh, you know, medium or art art form. But boy, when it's done wrong, it can really go off the rails quick. So let's break this show down and see whether they go off the rails or not. You must remember this. First of all, I got to give credit where credit was due. This show was suggested to me originally by Amanda Taylor, a longtime friend of mine. She's my first roommate in college, as a matter of fact. And she posted in the Facebook group, in our uh, Always Listening Facebook group. You can find us on facebook.com and search for Always Listening Podcast Enthusiasts. We'll add you to the group. But Amanda posted, said, have you checked out? You must remember this. And another Amanda, Amanda Sponstra, uh, commented, she said, I have the first episode in the Manson series downloaded for a while now, haven't given it a try yet. Amanda says, I've been checking out the MGM stories so far and I like it. They go back and forth a little bit. Amanda Sponstra says that she's not into old Hollywood generally, but she does like serial killers, so I thought maybe the Mansons would be a good way to try this show out. Did you listen to any of the Manson series? Um, no, I, I didn't listen to I didn't listen to any of them that were a series. So like the Star Wars, the MGM. I listened to um, you know single. Well, I listened to one that was sometimes part one, part two. But yeah, I stayed away from the series. So I did listen to a couple of the Star Wars episodes, but I didn't get into any of the MGM series. I didn't get any into any of the Manson series either. But several people commented on that Candace LePage is another one. She says she loves the show. She was very into the MGM series in particular, and, and she's been listening to it for quite a while. 
So Amanda Taylor found the show, uh, or she found out about the show on Throwing Shade. She said that Brian mentioned it on one of the episodes, and he, she had been wanting to check it out. She's listened to three or four now already, uh, most recently the episode about Spencer Tracy, and she's really looking forward to see what we think about it as well. So, so thanks to her for suggesting the show, and as soon as I heard about it and what it was, I, I wanted to check it out too. I'm not a huge fan of old Hollywood, but I am a fan of the stories behind the scenes. I am a fan of you know sort of the like the lifestyles of the rich and famous as it were especially in that period i like learning about the moguls i like learning about the starlets and hey and, is robin leach still alive you know that's a very good question i don't know and i'm not gonna pull out my phone to google it oh, i'm gonna man. go with, i would no. listen to a podcast by him like crack <laughs> I, I don't know that i could handle his voice for that concentrated a period of time uh so how do we break down a show here on always listening we talk about the host likability the production values the audio quality and the content itself we give you some of our don't miss moments we use a couple of clips from the show to give you examples of what the show is like and then we tell you whether we're going to keep listening or not and whether we're going to be suggesting it to friends this show is hosted by karina longworth Josh, this is something that you and I have talked about a couple of times now. Anytime you are passionate enough about a topic and and dogged enough to pursue it to do a solo show like this, I think you got to be a little bit overboard. And so I think there are going to be people who listen to this show and go, I don't like it because I don't like Karina. Now, to me, she's one of the pluses of the show, not one of the negatives. But I'm just saying, I know there's going to be people that listen to this and are not going to like her even in the clips that we play. I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to judge because it reminds me a lot of Aaron Mankey. Uh, she does, absolutely. And I mean, it, and, and not just that, but I mean, there are strains. I hear strains in her show of, you know, I've been listening a lot to Mark Bologna, a, a buddy of mine who just started a podcast called Beyond Bourbon Street, which is all about uh, New Orleans and, and especially like the sort of the tourism angle of the city so far. He's been doing a great job there, but it's there's a lot in common. He's taken some of the best of the best solo podcasts that he's listened to. You know, our buddy Kale Ownby that does Platypus Houston. All of these shows, I'm saying, are going to have certain things in common. But again, I think it's about, I think it all boils down to the fanaticism and the focus of the person. Just like you know people in your life who love, you know, I don't know, football. And they're so crazy about football to the point where you can't even talk to them about it. I think it's probable that Karina is sort of like that about old Hollywood. It could be like if I had somebody in my life was like that fanatical about, I don't know, Apple products to the point to where my wife doesn't even let them say the word Apple in her home who would anymore. Ever, who would ever be like that, Josh? Like, come on, that's not realistic at all. So, but but honestly, what did you think about Karina? How did she come off to you? Yeah, I liked her. I didn't have a, I didn't have a problem with the host uh, at all. Well, you know what? That's okay. So that's kind of a misleading question. Okay. So when it's, when it's a solo show, and you already mentioned you're doing the writing, you're doing, you know, everything, do the things in the in the writing or do the things uh, that fall under production value that bother you, do those cast any negativity at all on host-like ability? Because at the end of the day, those things that bug you are their fault. Yeah, I think absolutely they do. I, I think sometimes that happens even in a show that's not a solo show i think sometimes you sort of assign the bad things and the good things to the host even when it's not the host's fault or credit does that make sense the, oh you know yes. the host is the front yeah and therefore the host gets the blame the host gets just like the coach for a football team or gets the blame or the credit or a waitress 
Yeah, or a quarterback. Or yeah, you know, I mean, the, the, the person who's out front. So the host is out front and I think gets the blame and the credit regardless. But absolutely, take Aaron Mankey for an example. You, and in your sort of pointing it out to me, I began to have a little bit of an issue with it myself. You pointing out the dad joke thing. He, he would make these dad jokes and sort of uncomfortably break the tension in the middle of a, of a spooky story. And you and you were like, eh, you know, it's a point for me. I don't really like it. I, I would prefer it if he just maintained that tension. That's nothing against his likability exactly, except that when you notice that he does it, you're like, stupid guy. I wish he wouldn't do that. Well, so, right. So if if she is just the talent, if she is just the host, right, and like, and like someone's writing the script, someone is making the uh, music choices and doing those types of things, then she's a then she's a wonderful host. But if she's the one making some of the decisions that bother me, I am going to hold it against her. I know that I know that's such a jerk thing to do. No, it's, it's I think it's just the nature of the game. So let's move on then to production values. Let's talk about some of the things that she does when she puts this show together. Production values on the show very very high. I mean, this is up there with lore quality. This is up there with 99% invisible to me. Movie clips, integrated interviews, the music yes, scoring the music changes. all as well. Yes. Now, much like with lore, and I think I noticed more issues with this show than even with yes, lore. But changes. Yes. So, and, and you've got a great example of this in one of your clips we're going to get to here in just a second. But she is not perfect on melding those transitions, those musical transitions especially together. It is a very difficult thing to do. She makes it more difficult for herself by she's got a lengthier episode than Aaron is dealing with with lore. And she's doing it more regularly. Okay, so I will, okay, even though I don't like it, okay, I will defend it this way. It feels like she's picking music that when she wants to change kind of the emotional feel of whatever she's talking about. So like if whoever she's talking about is surprised, the music will change. If somebody is trying to be a smooth talker, the music changes to fit that. So the idea is kind of cool, but it can be distracting. If there's, if there's too many of those transitions in a small amount of time, it's bothersome. Now, I don't know what the transition to time ratio is. I don't know. But I know sometimes it makes it awkward. Well, I, and I know she's got a multi-week production schedule. You know, her recording, research, recording, and editing process is lengthy. Oh, yeah, she's putting out a ton of content. Yeah. But I also know that she's putting out more content than Aaron Mankey is, both in length of episode and then regularity of episode two. So that, to me, says her time frame has to be compressed versus his, which you can see how it suffers. So I'm thinking this is the kind of thing, as this show grows in popularity, maybe she gets a little budget, maybe she gets a little team behind her. That's the sort of thing that will get polished off. Yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's move on to audio quality. Interviews can vary. Because she does some of the interviews are by phone or they're by Skype or they're over the internet or they're over you know different services like that. But the studio stuff, her in in particular, is all top notch. I didn't hear anything uh, outside of of interviews that had any audio issues at all. Did you? Yeah, no, not so much. And I'll say this too: when she does go to the phone or when she does go to one of those sort of Skype interviews or something, and you could tell the audio quality is lacking, the quality of the content more than makes up for it like when she goes to the interview there's a reason why she's talking to this person and and it's content that you're glad to have in the show or i was glad to have in the show even when the audio quality wasn't there that's what i would say about that yeah so i would say that the 
So here's an example of what makes those transitions awkward. And I want to say there's two transitions here, and it's whenever Mia Farrow goes home and finds out she's famous uh, and then comes back to shooting the show. I want to say it's three separate audio segments that happen in like a minute, maybe. So this is what's a little weird right here. Begrudgingly, Mia moved first into the Chateau Marmont and then into a cheaper residential hotel, close enough to the Fox lot that she could bike to work. She worked long hours and didn't really go out in Los Angeles. So it wasn't until she went home to New York for Christmas and got mobbed by fans whilst ice skating in Central Park that Mia Farrow realized that she was famous. Famous, sure, but nobody knew quite what to make of her, as evidenced by the fawning praise of writer Michael Thornton, who noted that Mia was, quote, Neither one sex nor the other. She was androgynous. She looked like a denizen of another planet. And she was very young, not mentally, but to look at. By the time Paid in Place's holiday hiatus was over, activity had picked up on the Fox lot. You can see right here the music changes a couple of times, and then there's a transition between being home, being at the lot, and then what she's thinking. Yeah, and and you can also tell like the like the different kinds of audio that she's bringing in there and sort of interweaving. It's complex stuff what she's doing. This is it's it's a lot of work that she's asking of herself. Right. I don't know if it's necessarily complex, but I do think it is a tremendous amount of of extra work that maybe she's doing that she could lay off of that and focus attention on something else. So let's move on to the content itself, Josh. First of all. If it if it's not clear by now, these are generally stories from behind the scenes of Hollywood. In particular, she loves uh, a certain period, but she's begun to branch. I think already a little bit out of her comfort zone, as it were. But but really, we're talking about the stars and starlets. We're talking about the Clark Gables. We're talking about Bing Crosby. We're talking about Frank Sinatra. The Sinatra. the glitz, the glam, the lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 again, you know, she's done some series like the Manson series, uh, which is L.A. in the in the sixties in Hollywood in the 60s uh, you know she did the she did a series about the moguls I think some of the bigger uh, names behind the studios which is not exactly her normal fare but in-depth storytelling yeah. about these sort of behind the scenes events not exactly th- information that you can't find anywhere but I don't know anywhere that's putting these stories together in such a compelling format you know I mean she's literally making these little you know, behind the music documentaries almost like like we used to have on VH1, except it's in little 30 minute bite size audio portions. I loved it. I think the topic's just not my bag. Like it's not it's not something like I'm not a fan boy of hardly any of the topics. Well, and that's what I was worried about, too. So let me give you a couple of examples of the sort of the like the breadth of things that she covers in this show and the reasons why even if you if you hear that pitch sort of the behind the scenes of old Hollywood, you say that's not for me. Well, maybe it will be. Here's a great example. Okay, there's a wonderful episode about Marlon Brando and in particular the the period in his career where he had sort of fallen out of favor with Hollywood and then in a row he made the godfather and last tango in paris and he turned down the oscar for the godfather i know you have a ton of clips for this show so i'm i'm i i'm still open-minded enough to see if you can turn me around on it okay so so here's one example of of one of the things that she does with her show that i think is interesting and original and generally a thing that i would dislike but in her show i think it comes off very well 
she occasionally uses profanity, both she herself and also her subjects or in quotations and things like that. In this clip, there's going to be a piece of profanity. Now, I'm going to bleep it out for our show because we, we do stay clean. But generally, a show that uses profanity very sparsely, a show that's not all about cursing. Makes an impact. Well, generally, I don't like it. Oh, really? I, yeah. So I, I listen to comedy shows where they curse every third word, and that's fine because it's sort of a tone and it's sort of what you expect, and I'm, I'm in the mood for that, so to speak. There are other shows, though, that the language only comes in once in a while, and it often will find it's very jarring to me, and, and not only jarring, but unpleasant. I'm like, that's not what I was looking for. I don't think it was additive, necessarily. I think you did it because you either weren't thinking about it or you weren't conscious of your swearing or you did it as a crutch. You didn't have a word to go there, and so you went to the easy word. Well, that's sort of the way that it feels sometimes. I didn't think that way at all about this show. In this show, I yeah. don't. That's what I'm saying. That's not the way I feel about it in this show at all. I feel like when she uses profanity, it's for a very specific reason. And I've got actually a couple of examples in some of my clips here where she uses profanity well. Here's the first one. Well, though. and it generally, it generally, the reason it works when she does it, I think, is because she does it for certain personalities, certain actors, and it fits in with what you know of them, so it doesn't bother you. Precisely, precisely. Here's uh, the story about Marlon Brando. Brando started finding new outlets for his passion for social change. He'd later call this era his you years. But if he was a rebel, he was a rebel with several causes. Here's the other side of the 60s that's really important to his story and continues into the 70s is his social activism. He, he was a big fan of Martin Luther King. Uh, he was friendly with him. I don't know how deep the friendship went, but he's definitely friendly with him. He was on the dais on, uh, at the I Have a Dream speech. He did march on Washington. He marched through Southern California. He got a lot of people together. He went on TV a lot to talk about civil rights issues in the early 60s. Mm -hmm. He was definitely hugely active in uh, the civil rights movement, dating back to the 50s. In his draft card for when he signed up for the draft in, uh, for the Korean War, under race, he wrote human. And I think that the f you part was most likely the f you to the system. That you know, the old system was crumbling, the studio system in Hollywood, but overall, a huge change was happening and he was hyper aware of it and he was participating in it. So again, the profanity is not, the vulgarity is not for shock value. It's not even to like punctuate the sentence, but it, it is to make a point. That is that word, that F.U. period for Marlon Brando has been used against him. Oh, that was just his F.U. period. And she's saying no, and, and, and through the expert that she brings on there, no, the F.U. was about him turning his back on the way that he was being used and the way that his fellow actors were being used and the way that Hollywood in general was using human beings. So there, anyway, I, I, I like that clip, clip quite a lot. Here's another example, though, of the sort of the breadth of content. I'm telling you, you're not an old Hollywood, okay, well, here's an interesting story about Brando and his activism. Here's an interesting story about the lives and deaths, and specifically the deaths, of Bruce and Brandon Lee. That was a great episode. Yeah. Did you hear that yes. one? Very well done. Uh, and this is a, a short clip. She does such a good job. She's got a real way uh, of tying together events into interesting stories and using evocative language to do so. For instance, she uses the phrase, and it comes right off of the death certificate apparently here, victim of misadventure. Uh, a victim of, of misadventure. Bruce Lee was a victim of misadventure. That's how his death was classified. Yeah, you know what I thought about it whenever I heard that part? Uh, whenever I heard that Bruce Lee died from misadventure, 
I pretended he was playing the video game Destiny because if you're if you're playing it and like like you kind of kill yourself or like something doesn't go right, like an unnatural death kind of happens, it's not in the scope of the game. It'll say that you died by misadventure. Nice. <laughs> so so that's that's an example of again like how far this show goes. But one more time, I'm going to give you another example of of the cursing and how the cursing works for me. It worked very well in this episode in particular. Another great episode, Bing Crosby versus Bob Hope. You didn't listen to that no, one. No, I did Star not Wars, I think. Yeah. Okay. I've now listened to, I think, four of the Star Wars episodes overall. Uh, I listened to the Walt Disney episode. I listened to the Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. I listened to... I'm pretty sure there's a Frank Sinatra in the Star Wars episodes. I, I'm, Frank, I get him, Frank I'm, Sinatra's in together. a lot. Yeah, he's in several episodes. They're they're all sort of running together for me now. But they're, it's a really great series in in some ways. It specifically focuses on these stars during wartime and and how they how they reacted to it, how they helped the government, how they did uh, you know propaganda, whatever. All sorts of interesting stories. But this one, the conclusion of this story is really cool. You know, Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. Of course, they're tied together career-wise, but they also had a pretty well-known rivalry with one another. And it was played for laughs. It was played for, you know, for um, attention and press many times by both of them during their career. So this clip comes from the Bing Crosby and Bob Hope episode. It's right towards the end. And it sums up the way that they were sort of always in each other's lives for good or for bad, for better, for worse. Here, uh, this is at the very end of the Vietnam War. In 1975, when Saigon fell... The U.S. evacuation plan stipulated that Bing Crosby's recording of White Christmas would be played on armed services radio as the cue for soldiers to leave. As much as White Christmas was an anthem of inspiration during the Second World War, the song would be remembered by many as the soundtrack to the failure of the Vietnam War. Talk about adding insult to injury for Bob Hope. Vietnam would be Hope's downfall, and it was Bing f- Crosby singing at the fade out. Effin' Bob Hope. That's right. I love that. I, uh, so you're playing, I do like the clips that you're playing because they do have a different feel than kind of the episodes that I've listened to. Because here's what I found happening a lot is she would go into being the voice of the actor that she was talking about. So here's a clip where Frank Sinatra invites Mia Farah back to Palm Springs, right? And she she goes from her voice to Mia Farah's voice, back to her voice, back to a different, more classy and sophisticated and mature uh, Mia Farrah voice, and then dips into a little Frank Sinatra at the end. When the lights came up, he asked her if she'd like to go with him to his house in Palm Springs. That night, his plane was on the tarmac at Burbank, ready to go. Mia was flabbergasted. She said that she couldn't possibly go that night. I have a cat. He has to be fed. He'll only eat baby food and, and then my clothes, my pajamas, my, my toothbrush. It doesn't make any sense, but thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I'm sorry? As bad as that was, 
what she was really thinking was, Please forgive me, Frank Sinatra. I probably shouldn't have held hands with you. That was forward of me. I gave the wrong impression. I can't go to Palm Springs with you or anywhere else either. I, I don't know anything at all. I'll only disappoint you. I, I have no pills or diaphragm. I have no clear idea of what people do since I've never done any of it myself. So please, let's just forget the whole thing. I'm sorry about the hand-holding. Meanwhile, Frank responded to what she had actually said. How about tomorrow? I'll send my plane for you. You can bring your cat. And he continued to say more words. She was all over the place with I, that one. That what? Well, and it happens in um, the Audrey Hepburn episode. Yeah, she does that. She kind of does the same thing through that one too. So now you you didn't raise it there going into that clip, but w- one of the issues that you raised with me off the air was the fact that, and that clip's a good example of it. How she goes into the head of the star. Yeah. Yeah, she changed, she changed, oh, what she should have, like, oh, it happens during the Audrey Hepburn one a a couple of times. Yeah, she tells you what Audrey is thinking, or she acts it out, or even, like, gives an internal quote, an internal monologue Right, so what is those, what does that come from? Maybe those are sourced. Right, is that from a diary? Is that from an autobiography? Is that from a memoir? It could, it could be, I don't know. She doesn't, she doesn't, um. It's not cited anyway. Yeah, she doesn't cite it. During the during the show, if, if if those moments are and I and I I mean I even I noticed that moment in particular where she drops down into Mia Farrow's dialogue inner dialogue about what she was really wanting to say to Frank Sinatra. As a guy who worries about feminism, <laughs> you know, like sometimes I was like, well, that was sort of presumptive of her to to say what Mia Farrow was really thinking, you know. Yeah, well, I don't. So Dan Carlin's hardcore history, he'll kind of go from his his lecture kind of voice right and he'll say and we get this from whoever uh and then we'll give a quote from their historical account and he'll change tone and and stuff to 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 go in and out of that but this is something altogether different yeah well i mean many of her subjects are still living for one thing (laughs) that's true that's true so it's like um mia fair doesn't sound like that (laughs) Yeah, nobody is coming back and correcting us on on Genghis Khan's accent. Um, so, Josh, do you have any do you have any uh, other don't miss moments or anything else to add on this one before we we get to our recommendation? Nope. You know, you must remember this. You must remember this. You can find it at you must remember this podcast dot com. Josh, are you going to keep listening? No, I I so a little behind the curtains. Um, this assignment was done and completed what like three weeks ago uh at least two yeah i listened to a little on the way over here to kind of get in the feel of it so i listened to about another 20 minutes or so but since i finished my three episodes i haven't listened to another one i haven't subscribed subscribed i'm not going to subscribe but this show is going to hit a lot of people exactly the right way it just didn't do it for me and no i agree with you strongly and and i am i'm not currently subscribed actually i've got i've still got about five you you listen to like you listen to like 12 episodes yeah well when i when i went through i downloaded i probably downloaded 10 episodes right right away and since then i've downloaded a few more but i've listened to i think seven or eight and i've got still like five or six queued up and when I work my way through those, I will very likely subscribe 
overall. But yeah, I know I will listen to many more of these, and I'll suggest the show to, to lots of people too. Super well done show. The most recent episode that I listened to was the her one year anniversary episode. Did you happen to listen to that? No. It was interesting. It was almost entirely, um, or, or I think it was entirely feedback based. She was just responding to emails and voicemails and things like that. And one of the things that came out in that episode, she is uh, dating, or was at that time anyway, uh, Ryan Johnson, Rian Johnson, the guy who's going to be the director of the next Star Wars, main Star Wars movie, Star Wars Episode Eight. You're saying J.J. Abrams isn't going to direct it? No, no. He was never going to direct uh, the next one. He was only going to do one. I may he's, go see number eight. He's producing it. He executive produced uh, the rest of them, but eight and nine are going to be uh, different people. Uh, Rian Johnson is doing episode eight, and episode nine is being directed by Colin Trevorrow, or however you say his name, the guy who did Jurassic World. All right, right on. Yeah, but any, anyway, my point is uh, Karina is plugged into the current Hollywood scene too you know I mean Rian Johnson is a or Ryan I'm not sure how you say his name but he's also he was the director of Looper did you see that with with Bruce Willis and you mean Gooper no Looper with Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt pretty sure it's Gooper it is Looper because it's about time travel sir yeah you come back in time and you find your younger self and you you. no that is not what happens (laughs) no (laughs) <laughs> All right. So there you go. That's our review of You Must Remember This. Uh, and uh, now, Josh, it's time for a little listener feedback. Ooh. So uh, we got a lot of great feedback and continue to get great feedback on the Facebook group. Thanks to everybody, by the way, who's been sharing that out with your friends. We've had several new additions in the last uh, few days. We're over 100 members now. Thank you. Yay. Uh, this comes uh, on the Facebook group from Firis Sawaf. Firis, I hope I said your name right. I think I'm in the ballpark on the first one. I'm probably way off on your last name. Uh, he, he says, though, I just listened to the end of the year episode. Great to catch up on ideas for the show and where it might be going. Definitely agree with catering for a wider listenership, present and future. Really like the idea of a news segment. Would work well both for listeners and the show. I can imagine telling my friends about some podcast news and mentioning where I'd heard it from. It would be a great way to promote always listening. Good idea there, Fierce. I think right now we've just decided that there's not room for it in the show. We're going to continue to do the the news posts on the Facebook group. But you know what? I'll just just for seeing that feedback in, I'll I'll toss some news out there. Okay. Uh, two pieces of news. One, uh, and this has aggravated me to no end. Serial has gone to biweekly instead of weekly. So so are you caught up on season two? Oh yeah, yeah. See, I'm not. I haven't listened to episode one yet. Oh really? No, no. Mm. We haven't gotten into it at all. Kelly, Kelly and I have it. We've got it. We're waiting on it. Neither one of us are particularly excited about or necessarily interested in the story i mean we know of a little bit about yeah it. no i'm with you i'm sure it's going to be compelling once we get to i'm it. with you i wasn't really into the story the narrative of of this season at all but there's some like she she talks to like the taliban man like that's that's kind of crazy um and then to hear yeah there's some crazy stuff that happens uh this season so far uh but yeah so you're only going to get to listen every two weeks instead of every week which is a complete bummer uh and then i know we've plugged his name a ton just because these shows um are the hosts or the style is pretty pretty similar uh but aaron makey is going to be one of the speakers at podcast movement 2016 yeah yeah i'm very excited about that one you know the the first name out of the gate was um 
uh, is it Aaron Sale, the host of Death, Sex, and Money from NPR, which I'm very excited about. I love that show. But uh, Aaron Makey, I'm even more excited about. Um, we've fallen madly in love with lore. As a matter of fact, I was listening to the latest episode earlier today. The zombie um, episode? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They come back. Uh, so uh, anyway, yeah, very excited to get to see him speak in person or hear him speak in person uh, when we, we get up to Chicago this summer. Uh, one more listener feedback. This one comes from Mark Wang, and I believe this was on the Facebook page as well, or the Facebook group. Uh just finished the DBSA episode. I am perpetually behind. <laughs> so are we, Mark. Oh, yes. Uh, he says, as always, great episode. I added them to my queue. Oh, uh, right on. Another listener, another listener for you, DBSA. Uh, also, for what it's worth, I use the trick Josh described. Music is a handy audio cue for listeners that are skipping around while listening. Yes, that's true. It works, man. It is the best thing about Gimlet's uh, ad music. Yeah. The fact that it's always, you know, and here's the thing, and I'll admit it, look, we've got ads in our show. I understand the way that this works. I understand that some, some people will always skip advertising or, or will overlook it, will, will not be interested in it. That's just the nature of, of advertising. They will phase out in whatever way they phase out. They'll turn the knob literally and change the dial if you're talking about radio or TV. I feel though that there are hosts that do it very well and there are hosts that do it less well so when is when does everybody watch advertising super bowl right people love the commercials and stuff for super bowl because they're always a little different right maybe they're a little edgy maybe they're pushing the envelope and so whenever whenever podcasts do that same thing oh man like like tell them steve dave I will listen to almost every ad that they do just because they put a, a unique spin on it. Kelly uh, Kelly listened to a podcast without me recently. She listened to an episode of Matt Gorley's uh, solo show. It's, it's an interview show. Uh, I Was There Too, I think is the name of it. Sort of people who were side characters or, or lesser known characters in, in mainstream movies, big Hollywood movies. Matt did, did this great ad read for underwear and the underwear company had uh specified in their their copy that hey we want this done in the same tone as the podcast was it does their show no it wasn't me but it, we want the ad done in the same tone as the show is normally done so if the podcaster curses in the course of their normally normal show we're fine with them cursing during the ad and so he took this opportunity to say these are the best effing underwear you could ever wear. If you want to curse a blue streak, you can do it in these underwear. You know, like he, and he goes on and on about. And then at the end of the ad, and apparently this is a common refrain that he does in his advertising now, he goes on an expletive-filled rant. Just as many dirty words and most of them made up as he can string together for a while. And then he closes it out with the name of the company. <laughs> Nice. That's an ad that I listen to, though, right? Like, any time I hear that show, I'm going to listen to the ad to hear where he goes with it. So, TSD will do ads like, so they have Casper the Mattress, right? They're advertising everywhere now. They So, there's a guy that comes on the show who has the nickname, and you're going to have to beep this, Ghost So, he literally writes- you know, I just love the fact that nobody's going to know what it is now. It's just Ghost Blank. Oh, that's fine. Ghost blank, ghost blank. That's fine. There we go. Yeah. Uh, but if you're if you listen to the show, like you're in on the joke, like oh, Casper, Casper the ghost, and you have ghost 
peddling the wares. So see, friends, that's the way uh, to get people to listen to advertising. You just got to put dirty words in the middle of it. That's that's the real key right there. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you for all of the feedback, and we want some more of it. Um, don't forget, you can email us always at alwayslisteningpod at gmail.com. You know what they should email us? What? Or they should post is uh, which one of us won Trivial Warfare. That's right. Uh, as you're listening to this, the episode should be out shortly. Trivial Warfare, we go mano a mano. Josh and I took each other on head to head, and uh, one of us is going to be responsible for pinning a love letter to Rob Sesternino. He of poem. Rob has a podcast. Poem. Well, a, a, I figured there'd be a poem in the middle of the letter, maybe. I don't know. I guess it'll I'm be. Not, I'm not. I'm just telling you, I'm not writing a letter. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> so that's coming up uh, for our Valentine's Day episode. Uh, you'll hear the letter as well as uh, hear the results of the show. But you can go check it out on Trivial Warfare. Make sure you listen to that episode when it comes up. Uh, I, I think uh, Josh and I will acquit ourselves well. And if you're still bummed out from missing us for a couple of weeks, you can always go listen to Podcasters Group Therapy uh, because Joel and I uh, are on their last episode. Yeah, absolutely. PGT, search for Podcasters Group Therapy. We uh, did a great segment, uh, or I thought it was a pretty good segment, uh, on their show talking about um, podcasting within a network and without a network. Uh, so uh, some fun stuff over there. Appreciate again, Corey and Tawny Finneran for having us on. Uh, Josh, what are we going to be talking about next? Let's do Limetown. All right. So next up, Josh, on Always Listening, we're going to be discussing the fictional podcast, Limetown. We've had a lot of discussion about Limetown, actually, on our uh, Facebook um, group as well. Uh, the Message, which is another fiction podcast that we've discussed recently, uh, that spun off into a discussion about Limetown. We've had a, a couple of listeners I know that have listened to this all the way through. They've been wanting to discuss spoilers and and have a conversation about uh, the show itself and where it might go in the future. I'm excited to get into this one. Dude, not that I wasn't listening because I totally was, but how ridiculous is it that Super Bowl Sunday and Fat Tuesday are in the same week? That shows you exactly how much I've been paying attention to the NFL. I didn't know that that was the case. Yeah, man. I mean, I, mean, I knew where Mardi Gras was, but I didn't know where the Super yeah, Bowl was. Yeah, man, Mardi Gras early this year. It is. It is a short carnival season. Uh, all right, uh, folks. It'll be another uh, short little break before we're back with another episode two. We're going to be reviewing Limetown coming soon on Always Listing. Find uh, the Facebook group, facebook.com. Search for Always Listing. Find our website at alwayslistingpod.com. Leave us a review in iTunes if you would like. We'd appreciate that. And come back again for another great review to help you find your next favorite podcast. Until we talk to you again, We've been your hosts. I'm Josh. I'm Joel. And we are always listening. Yeah, I know.
Always Listening is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find more great reviews and our full list of episodes by searching for Always Listening in iTunes or Stitcher. Or go to blogtalkradio.com slash alwayslisteningpod. Find us on Facebook and Twitter as well, Always Listening Pod, and email the show, alwayslisteningpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Enough by Bethany Rayburn. Two guys and a rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is The Network.